Welcome to A Handful of Hope, where we bring you heart-to-heart conversations with heart-centered people. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of A Handful of Hope. I am so happy and grateful to have Kelly Wilson here with us today, who is a voice actor, boy mom, mismatch, sock-wearing, INTJ PCs. What is INTJ? Um, INTJ is like the Myers-Briggs indicator. Oh, um, okay. You can Google it later and you guys can take your test later and Perfect. your mind can be blown. <laughs> Perfect. She moved from Florida to Idaho for a job she no longer has. Met the man of her dreams, a fish farmer from Idaho. Two kids later, she's an Idahoan who side hustled her way to quitting her day job to run her own business, now finding herself homeschooling and CEOing, just doing the best she can with what she's got. Kelly, welcome, and thank you so very much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's a totally true. Yeah, and all true. Um, homeschooling is, it's officially summer now, but uh, we're still, I'm still trying to keep the kiddo up to date with reading and I am not a good teacher, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying real hard, but I'm not good at this. <laughs> you kind of got thrown into it too, I feel like, like so many did. What was the biggest surprise for you from being thrown into being a, a homeschooling teacher? Um, I thought I would be really good at it because <laughs> I thought I was like, oh, I'm going to rock this. Like, watch how, how good I am at, um, like, uh, I'm really good at organizing things and like checking them off lists. But um, six-year-olds aren't could care less. Like kindergartners <laughs> are not like they're they don't follow this linear line. They're just beam, 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 beam. so. Um, yeah, it was it was not good. I'm <laughs> it was it was depressing how bad I how bad I still am. And I found myself saying, "Just do it." <laughs> like that was the that was the carrot. Just do it because I said so. And I've never wanted to be that parent. And here I am. So. Mm yeah it was rough but I'm getting better I think <laughs> no if we talked to your, if we talked to your, your homeschooler what would his verdict be um ma he would say no and then he would he's sick so he would tell you everything you want like he would just air the dirty laundry mom yells um I also have a one-year-old the one-year-old just ate out of the garbage um and it was it was fresh garbage food Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure it was cool. He's, st- he's good. He's still good. And it was soft. So yeah. So he would tell you the truth that mommy yells at me. Mommy just says, do it. Um, and I, I wish daddy could teach me. God, I wish it was such a fascinating <laughs> podcast. If somebody were launched that and interview kids being homeschooled during quarantine and just it would probably be adorable. Yeah, it wouldn't be like I bet you would learn so much. Just it'd be probably the best podcast of all time. Yeah, I've been and in in that same um, thought, I've been asking my my six year old, you know, for feedback. Like, how's mommy doing? <laughs> like, how could mommy do better? Um, and he's pretty he's pretty good at giving feedback. So uh, and he's very honest. So I I would watch that podcast because uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I would. Wanted- too. It would be adorable and also it would be pretty insightful because uh, I don't know my uh, I don't know if it's my kid or you know all young kids there's just no filter and uh, which I appreciate and they'll just lay it lay out the tough love if you will. So. Yeah, and they will lay it out generously, very generously, probably overserve it even. Yes, um, all day long. <laughs> <laughs> 
all day long and they don't stop talking, but um, it's fine. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to be here because I'm taking, this is, this counts as like a break. Oh, from, that's awesome. Very good. So this is from like them. Your, so your break period for that. Yeah, this is a mommy break. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I, I don't, yeah. Even bathroom breaks, no longer mommy breaks. Cause there's like fingers underneath there. The kids yeah. have figured out how to open the door. Um, yeah. <laughs> the dog comes <laughs> in too. It's horrible. I mean, it's fantastic and I love them and I'm so thankful for them. <laughs> I, I am, but yeah, yeah, but, but you know, what did they say? There's, there's like, it's, it's kind of like a double honesty, right? Where both stories are true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you said, I will take those children away from you right now and you don't have to deal with it ever again, but then they'll never come back. I'd be like, nope, bring it on. Bring on the bathroom. Party in the bathroom. It's fine. I will, don't take those kiddos away from me. So, um, but it's nice to have a break from them for sure. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> we were talking before, Kelly, and you are a, a connoisseur, if you will, of, of fun words. <laughs> um. I, I try. I, yeah, I was using the word noodle. Um, yeah. So uh, the uh, during the intro, you were like, this job that I don't have anymore. So I started out as a radio DJ. And, um, you know, early on in my DJ training, the boss was always like, you know, you are talking to one person and it's, and it's your friend. It's your best friend. So you're going to tell him everything. And I'm like, everything? And he's like, not everything, but like, but you know act like it's your you know have that um that feeling um and and i think it started with radio i just started making up not making up slang but sometimes making up slang and just picking up as much slang as i can and as many funny words as i can mm. so so yeah i like words why 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 the funny words what was the value of that um interesting Pro, like first thing that comes to my brain is you'll remember it um i'll be memorable and maybe that was a uh you know being on the radio like um it was a very competitive um especially college radio and i remember meeting with the boss like there was four radio slots and certain time slots were better and everyone was going for that like afternoon drive slot right which i never got <sighs> but i did get the night slot and it was way more fun um but uh <laughs> So, so the boss said, let the competition begin. And that was when I was like, oh, we're competing. Oh, all right. Well, let me see how I can win this. Cause you know, I do like to compete. So, uh, so I think it, I think it was a competitive thing, but you remembered it and you said it and you yeah. brought it up right yeah, now. Absolutely. So, so yeah. Was, was the radio show you're on, was it a, a call-in type show or is it? It was. Um, so, uh, like requests basically um it was a it was active rock uh, rock radio it was in college it was good times um i was green i sounded horrible <laughs> um and from uh i was on seven to midnight and like 10 o'clock was mandatory metallica three metallica tracks back to back to back of course it was like god bless them <laughs> the same five being remixed so yeah. bathroom break, 20 minutes later, maybe even longer. Um, and then it was, you know, call the number and request. And it would be the same five people requesting the same five songs. So, um, but it was, you know, and you record them and put them on the air. And it was, it was the most fun. Like, what was ever. the Metallica songs? Enter the Sandman, Unforgiven, Harvester of Sorrow. And yep. Um, sometimes they play like Ride the Lightning or, or. Or, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Mom Brain. I don't even know if I'm saying these songs right anymore. But uh, or uh, 
like i can't remember the name of the song but like that's as soon as we get off i'll remember the song but that's what it sounded like (laughs) and uh and part of my job was to listen to the songs and pull up the lyrics and if there was curse words i would have to like remove the curse word even if you couldn't even understand what they were saying because it was like i would just yeah, we ain't gonna mess around with FCC. So uh. Metallica was pretty good though, without a lot of cursing in their most of the earlier albums. I think it wasn't until their later albums they had a few in there. But I, I used to, when I was in college, I would drive <clears throat> where I went to school in Southern California. I grew up in Northern Northern California, and it was about six hundred and some miles. And I would listen to Metallica in chronological order from first album to the end. And so I got to a point where doing that drive enough, I could tell you wherever I was in the state of California, north to south, based off of what song wow. was on Metallica. That's cool. Yeah. And I, I, I would start that's to, awesome. yeah, when my mom would call and she'd be, how far away are you? And I'd be, oh, I'm about one and a half albums away. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. And yeah, yeah I, I kind of miss I'll hear a song. You ever hear a song and then you'll be like, Ooh, I know what song is next on that album, but you're yep. like, I'm listening on my phone. Um, so I kind of, I'm kind of sad. My kid doesn't really have that, that, I don't know, that connection, but mm. we'll, we'll work on it. We'll break out some CDs or some, I don't have any more tapes. <laughs> what was the, What was the most memorable calling you had during that time? It had to be one, like, I always think of Bart Simpson calling in and doing the radio station pranks or something like that. Was there a memorable one? Um, the, <laughs> um, it wasn't that positive. So, <laughs> so, but it's the first one that popped in my brain. So, so there was this guy that would always call. Um, so I went to the University of Florida and before I went there, my mom, you know, my mom being my mom, overprotective and I'm that mom. Um, <clears throat> she was like, yay, you got in. And you know, in the eighties, there was this, you know, like serial killer dude and I'm finally at school and then I'm researching. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, ah! so, um, when I was in college, I was kind of on high alert, <laughs> like, you know, uh, um, Bundy was over there. Um, not Bundy. Um, I think he did some time. He hung out in Florida. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember the guy's name, but, uh, he did the, horrible things in the 80s um and then he was actually sentenced to death when i was in college so like i was i was just reading all about all this stuff and it was swarming in my head at the time so so i'm you know i'm working nights at the at a radio station it's seven o'clock seven to midnight i'm like you have to have a key to get in there and it was this call and request show so it was this dude who would always call and he'd request pantera like every night every night every night so this one time i'm like hey thanks for calling in you call in every night where are you calling from man and stark florida and there's like this and that the prison is stark florida where this guy is like being held and i'm like oh my click <laughs> <I'm> like, ah! <laughs> so <laughs> unfortunately that is the most memorable call <laughs> but um i'm sure there was really good ones um but that's the one that i remember and i I went and I checked the doors and I'm like, oh, we're good. We're good. I mean, at one point it was so, I was so bad. Like I think my mom freaked me out. It was so bad. The GM of the station called and said, Hey, this is, I can't even remember his name at the time. Blah, 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 blah. Can you let me in? And I said, no, who are you? And I was this night person. I didn't know who he was. And he's like, I am the general manager of this station. Let me in. I'm like, 
and I'm like asking him all these qualifying questions. I'm like, all right, you're cool. I'll let you. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Don't judge me. I love that. So you go from radio to to voiceover. Voiceover. It was a straight transition radio to voiceover. Was radio, was it while you were in radio that you thought I should do voiceover? Was it somebody told you that? What was it that, uh, that made you go for that? Oh, it wasn't. A, it was kind of sort of a straight transition. Um, so in college, I'm, I'm doing the radio thing. And um, part of radio is, you know, you're talking to the microphone. That's the microphone behind me. Um, and uh, you're also producing commercials and creating commercials. Um, and that was fun. I was like, all right, this is cool. And it was, there was part of me that kind of liked that more. Um, and I was going to school with these guys who were starting their own ad agency. And they're like, Kelly, can you do this voice? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll try it. And they're like, yes, you can do the voice. Just go in there and do it. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I can do the voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, they had me do this kid cartoon voice, this little squirrel dude who was like hyper and all over the place. And I'm like, oh, I got this down packed. And they had me do like, now you're a mom. Now you're um, a scared teenager. I'm like, I'm not a teenager anymore. They're like, you can sound like a teenager. I'm like, okay. So um, they, <laughs> <laughs> and I did it and I sounded like it. Um, and it, I guess their pushing gave me this confidence like, oh, that was cool. And then they paid me to do these things. Mm. Um, and then they would come back and say, the client loved you. They want you to do a, this for blah, blah, blah thing. So they kept coming back and they gave me, you know, like positive feedback. And I was like, hey, let's do that. Um, and then um, just kind of um, jumping from radio station to radio station as radio DJs do, um, I just kept seeking out um, agency clients and just you know um getting hired to to be a to be a voice actor and if you listen to those local radio or tv commercials they tend to look a certain way and compared to like a national commercial national commercials just look they're just better they're just Mwah. they're just yeah. so good and the writing and there's like this team of people and they really thought about it and put all the pieces together and it feels so good and yeah so um i just started gravitating i'm like oh i want to get more into that and plus it paid me which was very exciting <laughs> um but you know and important so um really i left radio and started working in higher education in 2005 or I think, um, 2015, sorry. Um, me and time, horrible. Um, my son was born, my first son was born in 2014 and um, have like totally cliche, but having a kid, like as soon as I heard his cry, like tear, oh my mm. God, I love this thing so much. Like it hurts mm. and oh my God, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> So, um, so, I mean, I always loved voiceover, but my kid was just lit the fire. Like, what are you doing? Um, is your life important? Do you have enough time? Do you have enough money to take care of this thing, to spend time with this thing, to love this thing, to, you know, make this life amazing sauce. Um, now I'm, there's another word. Now I can't stop thinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I, I left uh, radio for higher education and a part of it was money. Part of it was, I need a change. And a part of it was, all right, let me do this day job thing. So at night I can do this voiceover thing so I can quit this day job, do this voiceover thing, 
be super mom, do all the things and stuff. <laughs> um, and this past fall, uh, I want to say August or September, I uh, put in my two week notice, quit and um, took voiceover from side hustle to full time, except now we're in a pandemic. <laughs> And I got rid of my uh, sitter just to socially distance. Um, and now I am almost back to side hustling because I'm taking care of the kids during the day and I'm homeschooler. And then I'm um, auditioning and marketing and podcasting um, between naps and when my husband can take the kids. And then at night or early mornings or, you know, bathroom breaks, <laughs> kind of kidding. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not in the bathroom now. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> bringing it back to what we were talking about before um but uh yeah and here we are now and yeah i, I <laughs> this idea of what it would be over here is not how it is right now yeah. but that's okay <laughs> still glad yeah i find it seems like it, it never quite works out as you thought it would be but it only seems to work out as it needs to be in yeah. whatever capacity that is it just doesn't seem like it in the moment it's like if we could just fast forward, if we could stay where we are, but fast forward into the future five or 10 years and get the lessons that we're going to get then and bring them back into the present now, we might be able to enjoy right now a little bit more and just rest in that it is going to work out and it is going to work out in the way it's supposed to and needs to for us. But boy, it goes back to the complex, the complexity of humanity, right? We were talking about beforehand how we're so good at overcomplicating it. Uh, congratulations, by the way, too. That's a huge thank milestone. You. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. And I'm, you know, and I'm in it and I'm like, you know, in the process of like, what do I want next? Do I really like this? Is this what, I, you know, so yeah. I'm like always reassessing, overcomplicating. Um, uh, yeah. And, you know, it's like I said, it's not, I didn't know there was going to be a pandemic and I couldn't have a sitter. And uh, yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird, but, but it's good. How <laughs> Kelly, those, those friends early on who, who pushed you to do the initial voiceovers for them, and then they were, they were obviously confident in your ability to do it, and then they were willing to give you like, positive feedback, really affirming you. How vital and how important was that, that initial bout of confidence and that feedback and that affirmation to getting you to move forward with pursuing the voiceover? Um, it was huge. I, I don't think I would be here now that I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I got to send them some chocolates or yeah. something. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe something more than chocolate. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, some beer and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was huge. Um, and there was, there was a couple of times um, that same guy, uh, there was actually two guys and they're par partners and they work together and they still own this ad agency and, you know, highly successful. And um, at one point, like I was graduating from college and there was a promotions director position that was opening and this guy uh other guy I worked with applied for it and got it and I was like oh dang and the same guy was like why didn't you apply for that you could you can do that and I'm like I can he's like you're doing it here you're doing it here for me um and I'm like dang it <laughs> why um so no that huge vital um and did you, and, and I, did you genuinely not see that opportunity or did you just not have a confidence in that you have the ability to do it? I, I, I didn't think that I had the, uh, 
the experience yet to do it yet i'd been running promotions um top to bottom like you know uh, i've worked with interns and they kind of just show up um i would show up and execute and be the one responsible to make sure like you know is the audio equipment set up yes have you already talked have you already checked in with the uh, client i would just act as though i was in charge and which I totally could have done that. I just, I don't know. Um, and it's this, it's this battle that I'm even having now of, uh, um, you know, not, not feeling worthy enough. And actually crazy thing, I was researching you earlier, I think today, I don't know, my brain is gone. Um, and I was watching your self-worth affecting your network, net worth. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this dude's in my head. Um, but yeah, that's always been kind of a, a, a constant battle. And especially in, in college, um, I mean, I almost fell into radio. Um, I was in junior college and I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I like writing. I want to be a newspaper person. I don't really like reading newspapers, but I like writing. Maybe I can do that. And my teacher was like, you say funny, stupid, random things. You should go to this radio station. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So, I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> I hate to say I've been like bouncing off of people. Like, I think I should do this, which is like over here. And they're like, what is wrong with you? You're here. And you're perfect for this. I'm like, oh, sweet. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that made any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. You know what I think is so incredible in hearing that is, is number one, I think it, it reflects so many of our journeys where it's often we are, we are overqualified or we're more than capable of doing certain things, but we just don't see ourselves in that because it might be self-esteem, self-worth. Number two, how valuable it is to get feedback, positive feedback in terms of confidence and affirmation, especially early on when we're trying. And so it, it goes to the notion that anybody who's considering beginning something new or leaning into something that they are curious about to, you know, make sure they have a couple people in their corner who will give them praise, who will give them affirming feedback, who will, who will help boost their confidence. And number three, what I really loved about what you just shared is there is kind of like, there is these you know, it was almost like you were leaning into these these obscurities, if you will. You know, it's not necessarily these these talents that would show up on an application where it talks about an application traditional resume. Oh, you're going to list this. But instead, what you were doing is you were looking at the things that you did uniquely different from other people. And rather than embracing them as, I think sometimes we look at our, our uniqueness and we call them our oddities and we have to hide them away and we reserve them only for VIPs in our life. VIPs that are people who we think have to tolerate us because they're blood bound or legally bound, whatever that is, as opposed to the VIPs in terms of people we might do business or, or associate with like that. And instead of it, I think that's, all of us have these oddities, these unique characteristics that really are some of our greatest assets. I think one of the classic examples is, is, is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, Arnold was definitely probably the first one to tell you not the best actor in the world, but what he, he had this really complicated name early on in Hollywood. People were trying to get him to ditch the accent, saying it's not going to get you any jobs, and you got to change your name. Nobody can say it. And it ended up turning him into a massive asset. And yeah. while we may not remember the dialogue of most of Arnold's movies, we can remember almost all of his one-liners. And even if you're yeah. not an Arnold fan, everybody knows how, at least half of them because it, it's, it's, it's not the line. The line is not profound or anything like that. It's actually some of the most simple diction in the, in the English language. It's that he said it with his accent 
and his way, which has made it so memorable. So I, I think that's right. really incredible and inspiring because I believe so many people who are listening, watching, probably have those uniqueness, those characteristics, those, you know, what, whatever we call them. And maybe they've been shy or not confident in being able to really lean into them as assets. And what I'm hearing from your story is, is that's one of the things that you did that empowered you to get to the point where you're able to turn your side hustle into your full time and walk away from what you were doing beforehand. Yeah. And, and, you know, you just saying that there is this part of me that I will be me. And then there's this little part like, shut up. No one wants to hear that. Put a, it's like, chill out, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. put a bag on it. Like, so uh, there is this constant battle. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's an age thing. The older I get, it's like, this is me. If you don't like me. <laughs> Um, please go away because I don't like you either. <laughs> and which, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's been a, you know, cleaning out the, uh, the junk, yeah. um, and, and, and the, the yuck. Um, I think I've been doing that a lot more. Um, just, you know, thank you, COVID one perk of a pandemic. Um, I've been cleaning up my, uh, my newsfeed, um, you know, friends, yeah. family. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that battle is still happening up here, but um, I don't know. I've been using it. It's been working. So, mm. so yeah. Do you approach that battle differently now than you used to? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm I'm more aware of it. I, I don't think I ever was. Um, I I've been trying. You know, I have you ha have a kid, and, and it like like I said, blows up your world, and then it makes you think about your childhood, and you're like, ah, you know, it just it just blows up your whole brain. Um, so, you know, I, I don't. I wasn't ever taught to meditate or self-talk or mm. why are you talking so negatively to yourself like like i was never taught thought thoughts become things and um so i i think i am thinking of it differently but mostly i'm just now aware of it because i wasn't aware i was just going along mm. <laughs> floating around so eh. yeah <laughs> Kelly, we're running pretty close on time here, and I want to be respectful. So before I ask my last question, where can people find you online? Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm a voice actor, so you can find out more about me. And if you go to my website, it kind of highlights all the weird, all my Kellyisms, all my stuff. Um, and you can get to know me even more because um, there's more of them, where that came from, at uh, kellywilsonvo.com. V is in Victor, O is in Octopus, and, you know, my name, vo.com. <laughs> I, I love that you said your Kelly-isms. You know, looking at where you are now, and really you were saying, you know, this is me, and this is me. Do you find that it's, it's freeing to say that in the sense of, I feel like so many of us, we wrestle with not who we are, but who we think we're supposed to be. And it's the thing that likely keeps us so frozen at times in indecision, I feel like, because there's this part of us that has this calling of, hey, this is really who I am and what I want to do. But then we also wrestle with, well, who I think I need to be, who I'm supposed to be, and how I'm supposed to show up. And I mean, how, how, 
as you've been able to step more and really own your skin and who you are, has it changed the dynamic for you in terms of how you focus on what direction you want to go in your business or, or where you're putting your energy towards? Does it seem like it's a more clear path as opposed to maybe somebody who doesn't have that sense of their full isms and embracing it? They might be looking over here, over here, over here, because they're not looking so much at what they're passionate about or what they really want to do, but they're more looking more as where would I fit in at? Yeah. Um, great question. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, so I've been, you know, I, I've been, I know who I am and, and I've always known. Right. And it's like the older you get, the more, I don't know, the more you dig in and you're like, Oh, this is who I am. Um, and yeah, that has helped me unlock, um, my business and the mom I want to be and, and, you know, all these roles and stuff. Um, and, I'm kind of having, I'm still having this battle right now um, with my business, for example. Um, I, I have experience. I'm really good. I'm sitting in a booth that I purchased. I'm, um, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in a, in a sweet booth that sounds really good. When I voice a project, it sounds good. I know what I'm doing. Um, I might be a hot mess mom and a horrible homeschool teacher, but voiceover, boom, I got this. I am like in my flow state, right? Mm. Um, so knowing that, and I know that in my brain, in my heart, logically, that I'm good. Of course, I'm always going to get better. Um, but I'm damn good. Mm. But there's this like evil Kelly that's my Kellyisms. When they do come out, my true personality comes out. And in my brain, that true personality um, is making me, I don't know if it's true. It's not true, but I have to fully believe it. it. Makes me feel like I'm not good enough. I'm not professional enough. That's not how I'm supposed to be. That's not what they want. It's pulling away from my, my, my good service, my good product. Um, and I just need, I know that's not true. <laughs> Mm. Because I've I talk to other people and it's so much easier to be objective with others and it's so hard for yourself. But I know that that foundational service of of goodness and professionalism and like I said, I can always get better and I'm totally down with that. But then you layer on top me, I'm memorable. That that allows me to be memorable and allows me to connect with another human being who's probably got the same garbage going on in their brain. So if I can just put the two together and allow myself to, uh, to, uh, to own it because, you know, I, I'm, I'm battling this all the time. Like, uh, and, and that's one thing I've learned during maybe the surprise of COVID was, um, I'm good. I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm good. I'm freaking out. I'm good. I'm freaking out. Oh my God. <laughs> like that was, that's been my experience. It's been a roller coaster of emotions. So, um, so I don't know if this is making any sense, yeah. but um, there's this logical brain of, you know, I'm delivering the service and I know it's good. And then when I actually talk and I am myself, I, I'm like, oh crap, I'm, I'm taking away from the product and now they're not going to pay as much. And um, now they're not going to think I'm good enough. Now they're not going to refer me. Ah, So um, yeah, now, now people who want to hire me know what's happening in my brain, ah! but um, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. It's a bat. It's I'm battling it all the time. And I, I know that other people are feeling the same way. 
Mm. I know they are. Um, and they're either better at hiding it or they're just having a really good day and they've had more um, mindset practice than I have. And I'm, and uh, which is why I've incorporated, you know, I, I work with coaching to get the, the pipes sounding good, you know, yeah. to be able to mark up copy and read. But I also have to have a coach for here. And I always have to, um, you know, fill up the, the, the brain tank um, so I can actually execute the job without sounding like a moron. <laughs> even though I don't sound like a moron, but I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even know if that answered your question, but that's kind of where the brain's at. <laughs> no, I love that. That was great. Everyone, this is going to be a rewatch, re-listen, and boy, was this fun. I, something I appreciated about Kelly right from the first moment we logged on today is she was a lot of fun. She makes it really easy to talk and even easier to listen. And whether she does it consciously or in, unconsciously, she definitely gives us moments to remember. And I think that's so important is looking at how we differentiate ourselves, whether it's in our personal or professional lives, we all have an opportunity to make an impression whether it's the use of silly words or whether it's the use of just how we show up and embracing our isms, our, our, our uniqueness, if you will. All of us have an opportunity to leave an impression that's meaningful and impactful, whether it's professionally with a business associate, with a new client or a prospective client, or imagine just doing that with your family. You know, so often we, we leave the door and we're more, we're more clued in on what happened in the Kardashian life than we are with the loved ones, the shirts our loved ones left because we kind of take those, we may take those relationships for granted, or we may approach them in our monotone way because it's just our day to day. But what would happen if you really made a point to make that memorable impression on the people that you love and care about the most every day, that you leaned into your uniqueness and your isms and you did that? I love too Kelly's story. It's really such an incredible story in the sense of it's somebody who who leaned into, again, this uniqueness and turned it into something where she's able to walk away from a career and turn a side hustle into a full-time gig. Something she shared really early on, which is so important, is if you're looking at, at beginning something new, looking at leaning into something where your heart is calling, there's no need to do it alone. You, you notice that she had help and support along the way, whether it's her early friends having confidence with her and just encouraging her to do something because they saw something in her that she may not have yet seen in herself. Surround yourself with people who are going to believe in you. You know, surround yourself with people who are going to affirm you, relate to you, encourage you. And don't be afraid to just keep putting things out there. You know, don't be afraid to just keep, to keep going and keep going and keep going and, and lean into that positive feedback because my goodness will service. And I love that Kelly acknowledged that she still has this, this inner critic, this voice that she, even though she knows how great she is at what she does, that voice will still come in. And, and this isn't to say we ever need to eliminate it, but what it is to say is what she's doing now is, is embracing that she has a voice and so does everybody else have a voice. And sometimes in life, we will often let that voice deter us from really pursuing where we could be the, the magic maker, the greatest magic maker of our life. Hopefully this talk with Kelly today gave you permission to maybe release some of the stranglehold that voice may have on your personal and professional, whatever part of your life it might have influence over, and instead brace the notion that all 8 billion of us walking around have wrestling matches going on inside of our head that no one else can see. Wrestling matches with the voices of, am I enough? Will I belong? Will I be accepted? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not necessarily about defeating the voice or eliminating it all. What it is about, it's about learning to embrace that that voice is there, to be aware of it and just recognize that it is a voice. And while it may show up and it may have an opinion, 
it doesn't need to hold you back from doing what you can do incredibly well. Kelly, this has been absolutely such a gift. Thank you so very much for sharing today. I had a lot of fun and I learned a ton from you today. Thank you. Thank you. And it was so nice to talk to another adult. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yes, it was, but um, thank you. I really, I really like, I like your vibe. And I, and I, and I, know, I know when people say that, it's like, <laughs> but I'm serious. I like it a lot. And uh, it was, abs yeah, thank you for uh for this and i feel i don't know i feel like this was like a did you just give me a free coaching session do i have to owe you do i have to pay you something because like i don't know you pulled stuff out of me it was it was crazy it was good that's, 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 <laughs> that's the teamwork that's the teamwork i like it i like it a lot and thank you very much You're and very uh, welcome. but but yeah it was nice to talk to an adult for a couple of minutes oh this so. was awesome thank you so much <laughs> really incredible and we will see you all next time everyone on another edition of a handful of hope Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you're finding value in these conversations, please rate and review on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite place is to listen to them.